All right, you ready for John chapter 5? Everybody ready? John 5, we got it up here? Awesome. Here we go. There was a sick man, and this sick man answered and said, Sir, I have nobody to put me in this pool when the water's stirred up, but, but while I'm coming, another steps down before me. Verse 8, Jesus said to him, everybody say, Rise, Rise. take up your bed, and walk. Three things Jesus told him to do. Verse 9, and immediately the man was made well, made whole, the King James says, took up his bed, and he walked, just like Jesus said. And that day was the Sabbath day. Okay, let's go to our next one. I believe we've got another one a little bit down. 14, afterward, later on, Jesus goes and finds that same man in the temple, and he said to him, now notice, you've been made well. I've already healed you. I've made you well. I've already delivered you from not being able to walk for 38 years. I've done that for you. You're a new man now, but look, sin no more sin no more that's the second half of the miracle the first half is being able to get up out of your situation the second half is being able to walk in the newness of life that's the tough part right there that's the hard part right there look you got your blessing now sin no more you got what you wanted from me now sin no more I got you out of your trouble now sin no more will you live for me now I did what you asked me to do. You wanted it to be done. I did it. Now sin no more. All right? Get your blessing, but sin no more. Now notice the scripture. Have y'all ever seen this before? I know y'all probably read it. I have too. Less, unless a worse thing comes upon you. You just think that your trial is bad now. If you don't deal with sin, if you don't deal with sin, it's nothing like Whatever you think is bad in your life, whatever you think you just got out of, something worse can happen to you if you don't deal with sin. You are not, you are not safe because you've been delivered. You're not safe because you've received a blessing. You're not safe because you feel like the Lord had an encounter with you. You're safe when you are removed from sin and the life of sin because if you don't deal with sin, something worse. Now, what could be worse than 38 years being lame? Eternity. Eternity without Jesus Christ. That's worse. And if you don't think something worse can happen to you, something worse can happen to you. It's called going to hell. It's called being lost forever. So today we want to talk about disappointing deliverance. When you're delivered, but then you get disappointed. Because it's not always as cool as you think it is when you realize there's a price that comes with being set free. You have to live free. Everybody say in Jesus' name. You can be seated today. We're so excited about the deliverance that we believe can take place in this church service today. We believe that God is going to deliver people in this service. Anybody believe God can deliver people in this service today? Our God is a delivering God. Our God can deliver anybody, anytime, anywhere, when you're ready my God can deliver you. I believe in deliverance. I believe that our elders uh, preach deliverance. I believe that Jesus was a deliverer. I believe the theme of the Bible is completely people in trouble and God in his grace coming to pick them up, snatch them up, and get them out of the situation they're in. Is anybody thankful that the Lord found you one day and picked you up out of the hole that you were in and picked you up out of the trouble that you were in and he gave you another shot, another chance our God is a great deliverer. No matter what you're going through right now, I'm telling you, I promise you, God can get you out of it. God can get you out of it. Uh, God can get you out of it. Jesus can set you free. He is a deliverer. No matter how long you've been in it, 38 years, this man was in this condition, 38 years, not being able to walk. And in one moment, uh, Jesus gave him a commandment of three things to do. He said, to rise up. Then he said to take your bed, and then he told him to walk. And one day I was praying, and the Lord spoke to me and said, notice how I had to tell him to do more than just rise. Because when you've never been able to rise, you don't even know what to do after you rise. Recently, the Lord in my life has been doing some powerful things in my life. He's been taking me out of things and to new places. But I'll tell you the scariest part about deliverance is not knowing how to live delivered. 
because you've never done it before. The scariest thing about being set free is being a new creation, being somebody new, having new legs, but not ever knowing how to walk. And that's why the Lord is not content to just give you the ability to get out of your situation. He wants to give you a word for your future, a word for the new path he has you on. He wants you to do more than just get up out of your situation. He wants to speak life to your future. He wants to speak life into what's next. He doesn't just say rise up. He says rise up and begin to carry the thing that used to carry you. Begin to carry the thing that you've relied on all your life. Begin to carry the bed that you're so familiar with. Now that thing is no longer something that you lean on. It's something that leans on you. And now you've got to rise up, take the bed, and you've got to walk in it. Got to carry it even deeper than that. It was the Sabbath. Somebody say the Sabbath. It was the Sabbath. And Jesus does all things on purpose. Why did the Lord say to carry your bed? Because <laughs> according to the Jews, the really religious ones, that if you carry your bed on the Sabbath, you're working. And you're not supposed to work on the Sabbath or you're defying the law. I don't know how heavy their beds were, their beds were back in those days, but I can imagine it's more like a sleeping bag. And the act of picking up a sleeping bag and carrying it was against their law. That's pretty wild stuff. All they could see was the broken law in the middle of the miracle. And there are still Christians today that all they can see is the broken laws in the midst of the miracles. But Jesus loves to stir things up. He loves to, to stir things up so he can put things and settle them in the right place. And so not only does Jesus say to rise up, that's great, that's powerful. But he says, go ahead and carry your bed, knowing that it would break the law of all the religious people that were standing by watching. And so now this man, where he was carried by the law, is now symbolically carrying the law. Because Jesus is on the scene and Jesus is giving them power to be able to live without underneath that pressure of that law. It's a new law now. And so all of this is symbolic. But then he says the third thing. He says, somebody say, walk. walk. Now here's the hard part right here. This is what the Lord gave me for this service today. That it's not just about deliverance, but the hardest part about deliverance is having to now use the legs and no longer depend on everybody else. But now you've got to work. Because after every blessing comes a job. Some of y'all won't be wanting to get blessed today when we get done with this service. This is why people come to church and you never see them again. They get their blessing and you never see them again. Because they find out that it's disappointing when you get delivered and now you've got to walk on your own. It's disappointing that when you get up that God has a plan for you after that moment. It's disappointing to people whenever you get what you wanted in that Pentecostal church service because you were broken and you were busted. It was a new year and the Omicron is running around like crazy and you're scared and you just want God to get you out. But you don't understand the word deliverance is really more like the word delivery. And until you get to the destination, the delivery has not been, has not been fulfilled yet. You see, you want out but you don't want in. And that's the disappointing part about deliverance is God does not just get people out. He really is just trying to get you in to a new place, a new life, a promised land, if you will. Which, which means that we have to go to the, one of the most uh, amazing stories in Scripture about deliverance, probably one of the, the biggest stories of deliverance where God delivered millions of people. Back in, in Exodus. It was back in Exodus. Uh, I've got Scriptures for you all. I think Exodus is it 13 or 14? Let's put that up. And let's look at the story in 14, 28, 31. Then the waters returned and covered the chariots. You remember that story? Egyptians were chasing the people of God. This was their uh, slave owners. These people were mad. And these people were trying to kill them because they left and they were escaping. And, and all the army of Pharaoh that came in to see after them, not so much as one of them remained. The sea, the dry land that was, was able to open up, that sea that was their miracle path, 
then collided down on the enemy and now that enemy can no longer chase them that's the power of baptism the enemy can no longer chase you into your future and now your past is washed away it's a symbol of baptism but this is a good news y'all because these slaves had become free all right here we go but the children of israel had walked on dry land in the midst of the sea and the waters were a wall on to them on their right hand on their left next verse so the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Thus Israel saw the great work which the Lord had done in Egypt. So the people feared the Lord, and they believed the Lord and his servant Moses. That deliverance moment right there is so powerful. Everybody wants to be in church in that moment. Everybody wants to be a Christian in that moment. Everybody loves a God that gets them out of trouble. Everybody believes in a God that gets them out of trouble. It's the most attractive part about God is that when you're going through a storm that you can get out of it by my God. And most of you know that there's a God because you've had a storm. Most of you know that there's a God because you found him in your storm. You found him in your trial. You found him when all hell was breaking loose. You found out that our God is a true God, a real God, and he wants to get you out of whatever trouble that you're in. That's what our God does. He is a great deliverer, and that's what he did for all those millions of people. He set them free from their slave owners. Because yes, God's people were in slavery. They were in slavery. They were in bondage. And bondage is a very real thing. We still have bondage today. Uh, let me explain their bondage. They were in bondage. And this is how you know you're in bondage. Because whatever the culture says is what you do. You're not free if you have to fit in with your culture every day. Of your life you're not free if they say you work this many hours and you do it they say you spend your money on it and you do it they say this is how you talk and you talk that way they say it's how you dress and you dress that way you are a slave to your surroundings you do what Egypt says Egypt says you go build something I want you to build you build for Egypt and that's what they did they didn't build their own walk with God. They didn't build their own tabernacles and their own temples. They didn't build their own religious spiritual things. They built things that were earthly and worldly. And they built for the agenda of Egypt, which is a symbol of the world. How do you know you're in bondage? Because you take your orders from the world. Oh, oh, I don't smoke. I'm not talking about that, y'all. I'm not addicted to drugs. I'm not in bondage. Yeah, you are. We got a lot of people who look like Christians that are in bondage. A lot of people that got nice clothes on, they're in bondage. A lot of people never smoked a cigarette, they're in bondage. Because bondage to the Egyptians was you not being able to break free of the system. You're just a rat race. You do what everybody else does. You live like they live. You're in their system. You're on their clockwork. They rule you and you're so afraid to break free of the system. You need deliverance. You need deliverance from the system, from the system. But they didn't know what to do, and the Bible says they cried out to God for help. Because all you can do whenever you're bound is cry out. Y'all hearing me? I said all you can do is cry out. Because when you are bound, it's because you have desire. Deliverance requires desire, number one. But the reason why you need deliverance is because you, you can't get out just because you want out. There are people in this room right now that you want out, but you can't get out. And that's why the Bible has this thing called deliverance. Because deliverance is whenever you want out, you desire it, but you don't have the ability to. And so a higher power comes in and sets you free. That's called deliverance. And if you have a desire to be free of something, but you can't get free of it, you need to be delivered today in the service. I don't care what it is. I don't care if the only sins you ever heard of was drinking, smoking, and, and taking clothes off at the beach. I don't care if those are the only three sins you ever heard of. I'm talking about anything you can't stop, anything that is just plaguing you every day, and you want it, and you desire it, but you can't do it. You are bound, and I have a God that can set you free from the words you say, from the thoughts you think, from the places you can't stop going, from the websites you keep looking at. You want to, but you can't. It's because you need deliverance. I just have an anger problem. No, you're bound. 
You tell everybody you don't like it, you want free of it, uh, and you tell everybody, I, I just wish I could quit. Uh, I just wish I could stop. Uh, oh, I'd give anything to get free of this anger. You need deliverance. You need, you need deliverance. And whenever you've tried and tried and you've failed and failed, let me tell you what the answer is. It's deliverance. And our God is a mighty God that if you will cry out to him, he will send an answer to set you free. He will send a way out of your situation. You need deliverance. You need deliverance. What, did they, what, what happened whenever they cried out? The Bible says that God heard their cry and God sent a man. Well, that's sad. A man? We can't trust men. They're all evil. Especially white men these days. Because we're in a society right now that just anti-man. And then half of them are anti-white man. How could you trust a man? God, I wanted you to help me. And here comes Moses. Hey, y'all, I'm here. I'm here to help deliver you. They're like, who are you? God sent a man. But God didn't just send any man. Guess who Moses was? Moses was experienced at being Hebrew and Egyptian. I love how God works. God had already been preparing this man because this man had already had to walk on his own personal wilderness. This man was not in their storm. This man was not in their bondage because you can't be among the bound and set them free. And so God chose a man who had already got free of Egypt to come back and set other people free. You've got to first get out before you're ever allowed to go back in. Who am I talking to right now that you're all trying to go back in and you hadn't even got out? I just need to help my family be saved. You're still in. You can't help anybody until you get out. You, you, can't, you can't lead anybody out of something you've never left. And so that's why God will always prepare a man before there's deliverance for a people. And so, yes, there are men of God. There are spiritual human beings that have been through more hell than you could realize. They have had their own moments with Pharaoh. They've already experienced this world. They've experienced hurt. They've experienced pain. And they're good at getting out of Egypt. Listen to me. I already know what it's like to live in a world. I already know what it's like to experience the temptations and sins. I know what it's like to have that pull. But I also know what it's like to get out. I know what it's like to be free. I know what it's like to have victory. And I'm telling you, God will send a man. Because some of y'all wouldn't be able to take God. Some of y'all be scared to death if God showed up right now and was like, come on out. You'd be like, no, God, don't kill me. But, but Moses is a man like you are. Well, I don't want to trust anybody. I just want God to do it. I don't want to trust a man. But you know what? You're really selling yourself short there. Why don't you want to talk to someone who's already fought and won, already been scared and conquered fear? Why don't you want to hang around somebody that if God can do it for them, then God can do it for me. How do you have faith that God can do it for you if he's never done it for anybody else? That's why God sends men. That's why God sends men. Men with a testimony. Men with a story. Men who've already gone before and blazed the path. Whenever you're in trouble, don't be surprised if God does not send a man. Don't be surprised if God does not send somebody to speak life over you so that you can be delivered. I know you want to do things without a man. But it doesn't work that way. And listen, it's not about the man. It's about, it's about the God that delivered the man. And the God that delivered the man is the same God that came to set you free. The God that works in the man is the same God that wants to work in you. The God that got one out can get you out too. And that's why today we preach Jesus because he's the great deliverer. He's the one that can get you out of it. He's the one, if he did it for me, he can do it for you. So let's do this again, all right? Because I felt this wall. Doesn't matter how pretty you look. Doesn't matter if you got a suit and tie on. There's things you need to be set free of. This is what gets glossed over in church a lot of times. Yeah. 
because we're insecure about dealing with the heart things. We want to go to all those really evil things on the outside. All those things on the outside wouldn't even happen if it wasn't for a heart that was wrong. Let's go straight to the pride today. Let's go straight to the anger. Let's go straight to the issues of jealousy. Let's go straight to the gossip today. Let's go straight there today. If you can't stop and you know it's not right, you need to be delivered today. You need the power of God to come set you free. You need the Holy Ghost power to help knock it out of you and get you out of that situation. You can be free. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, you can be free. You can be free. Do not doubt my God. Do not be worried about it. You can be free. You can get out of it. Doesn't matter how long you've been in this condition. You can get out of it. You know, sometimes it's really hard to get older people to get free of stuff. Because you've had it for so long. You had the attitude so long, you just think it's who you are. It's just who I am now, God. I just, it's just who I am. But you can be free after 38 years of that bad spirit. You can be free. So they, uh, they're shouting and praising God because, look, they got, they got free. Isn't that awesome? Anybody remember the day that you received the Holy Ghost power inside of you? Let's give God praise for the deliverance. Our church is full of stories of people who could not quit or could not even start, and God has set them free. And, and everyone remembers that moment, that day where the Lord came and picked you up. Our, even our bishop, Bishop Stevens, has a powerful testimony of how God changed his life. And many of you are the same today in this place. And that is a moment where we celebrate and we praise him. And we thank God. And just like the children of Israel, just like the people of God, they were so excited. They were, they were so pumped about it. Let's go to chapter 15. I want to show you a progression of what happens whenever you get delivered. Sometimes it's disappointing. Moses said the children of Israel sang this song to the Lord and spake and spoke, saying, look what they did. They sang just like we do. We rejoice. We praise. I will sing the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and its rider he has thrown into the sea. Next verse. Is it 16, I think? Or are we done with 15? Yeah. Here we go. Let's go one chapter over. And they journeyed from Elam, and all the congregation of the children of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the fifth day of the second month after they departed from the land of Egypt. Verse 2. Then the whole congregation of the children of Israel complained. Then the whole congregation of the children of Israel complained. They're singing in, in one chapter, complaining in the next. Yeah. You can say amen right now. You don't have to be like, I've never done that before. You can <laughs> complain right now. You can, it's all right. You can say amen. You ever felt like that before? You ever, you ever wanted to go back? Any, anybody that's in this place right now that you're a, you're a Christian and you don't want to go forward, something's wrong with your deliverance. I've heard people say, ladies, I just want to go back to the good old days. No, your best days are in front of you. Don't, don't you understand delivery is about a destination? Don't you realize that delivery is about going from one place to the next? Don't you realize delivery is a process of getting out and then getting in? But this happens to so many people. You get out and never get in. This happens to so many people. You get out of the world, you get out of Egypt, but then you find yourself so frustrated because you never got in to the next place God had for you. So many Christian people, the church is the wilderness. They got out, they got into the church, but they never got into the promise. Because the whole purpose of God setting them free was not just to set them free. It was to take them to a new habitation, to take them to a city, to take them to a place where they could be their own people. Let me tell you the difference in serving the world and serving God. First of all, there's two things, in, there's, there's one thing that's in common with serving the world and serving God. You have to submit to both. You're not a ruler on either one. Do you know that? The devil rules the earth. You're not a boss when you're worldly. You're, you're victim to what's happening in the world. You're a slave. You're literally a slave. I know you don't feel like you're a slave, but you can't stop watching Netflix. You can't stop acting the way you act. You can't be at church all the time. You want to, but you can't because you're a slave to the system. You're a slave to the system. Yeah. Let's put up a scripture again. 
and they complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. <laughs> One minute they're dancing and singing and shouting, and the next minute they've walked a few days into the wilderness, about three days before they begin to first complain because they, they didn't have any water. And then a few more days, and they didn't have any food. And every time they complained, God said this. He said, Moses, you have to tell them this is going to be a process where they're going to be tested and challenged like never before. And here's what the Lord wanted me to tell you today. This new life you stepped into is nothing like your old life. And this is why it's disappointing. Because you can't do what you've learned from this moment on. This is why people that are older don't want to go to church and get a new revelation. Because they've been living one way for 50 years. Yeah. This is why the Pentecostal church is growing in our youth. Because young people want this. But people that, are, that have been Baptist for 50 years, they don't want this. You know why? Because they, they've been settled in what they believe. And they think that's all there is. And they realize that to keep going forward is to say that where I'm at is not right. And people don't want to own the fact that when you get set free and you're converted and you step into a new life, it requires walking. And this is the scariest part to people is that when you step out of Egypt, you're in a transition period where you have to learn to trust only in Jesus. Because you used to lean on the things of the world, but now they're gone. They're gone. And they begin to complain and say things like this. Moses... God, did y'all bring us to the wilderness just to kill us? I, I, I've, been, I've been around some penny people who came to church, got the Holy Ghost, they were shouting on Sunday, and they came to Wednesday night Bible study, and we were like, okay, this is what you do. You got to fast, you got to pray, you got to spend time with the Lord, you got to trust Him with all things. And to me, they're like, they're sad, they get sad, like some of y'all today. This is supposed to be an uplifting message. Some of y'all are you're disappointed in deliverance. Yeah. You're going to be a slave to the world or you're going to be submitted to the world or submitted to God. But here's the difference. This is what the Lord spoke to me this week. Only in the kingdom of God can you submit and still be an authority. When you're worldly, you have no authority. You're submitted and you get nothing in return for it. But when you step over into the promise... Not only are you submitted, but now you have the authority of the king you've submitted to. You move from nothing to everything. The same submission, different results. And those of you that love the world, I'm telling you, you are not locked up when you become a Christian. You're set free. You're submitted, but now you have authority over the world and the devil. You're still bowing down, but the difference is now you're lifted up. Listen, you're going to submit one way or the other. You're going to bow down to the world. You're going to bow down to God. Either way, you're going to bow down. The difference is only my God gives you authority over the devils and over the world system and the culture over sin. Only my God will take that bow B and raise you up and elevate you to new life and a new authority and a new power. That's the difference of going from that moment of slavery into submission to God. But what hurts us, here's what hurts us is that season between being set free and our promise because the entire purpose of the deliverance was to deliver you like like pizza because when you think of delivery you think of pizza can you imagine the, the papa john's doordash guy shows up or whatever they do these days because everybody delivers stuff these days you imagine he shows up and your order is placed and you look at your app and it says John <laughs> sorry I shouldn't use John's Papa John's maybe maybe the owner was he fired okay Rick Rick picks up your pizza Sorry, I had a little news flash go through my mind right there I think he changed ownership it's like Papa Frank's now or something but Rick's picked up your pizza it will be here never Is that what you want to see on your app? Nope. <laughs> see, whenever I look at my Domino's app, well, six months ago, whenever we were allowed to have Domino's, um, it would say, Rick, 
has picked up your pizza, or it'd be like it's in the oven. And I'd be like, man, you don't do that to me. You got my, I'm already wanting it. See, you shouldn't have said that, right? They, that, they, they know how to get to these apps. You're just sitting here looking at it. You're like, oh, it's in the oven. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's, in the, it's fresh. It's probably a lie. It's probably in the microwave. Truth is. <laughs> but you're sitting here like, oh, I can't wait. And then it's like, and Rick has picked up your pizza, and you're sitting there watching it. But what if you got an overhear said, enjoy your pizza? Rick has picked it up. Because that's the way a lot of Christians have lived. It's, it's not deliverance until you've gotten in to the place that God has for you. I wonder how many people here, you've claimed deliverance, but you've never gotten into the next place that God has. No wonder you can't praise God in, in church today. Because it's not good enough for you to get out. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost now in this place. You've lost your praise because you thought getting out was enough to keep a praise. But getting out is not enough to keep a praise. It's not enough to keep your faith. It's not enough. But getting in is the purpose of God. He never got you out to just get you out. He got you out to take you in. He got you out to deal with sin. He got you out because he has more for you than just stopping the beating and stopping the bleeding. He got you out to take you to healing. How many people come to church and all you found was a new wardrobe and all you found was attendance and all you found was just coming up in here and praising God a little bit and not praising Him next week and praising Him this week? You don't have true deliverance. True deliverance is a place that you arrive to where you never go back, where you never go back, where you can praise Him every day. I've come to preach against that disappointing spirit that gets on us uh, after we have a great encounter with God and we get depressed uh, and we get down and we wonder where God's at. Uh, it's because God wanted to keep moving you forward. God wanted to get you out of it uh, to take you somewhere else. Uh, and as long as you resist him, you will stay perpetually in that place between your deliverance and your promise. There is no more miserable place in all the world than a Christian who gets set free, has a great powerful moment, and then sits down on God complaining. Just disappointed all the time. Yeah, I'm a Christian. I'm just disappointed all the time. You've been delivered? Well, I, I, I've been delivered. No, you're not delivered. Look at you. That's not how a delivered person looks. A delivered person has an inhabitation. A delivered person has their own land that flows with milk and honey. A delivered person is a conqueror. A delivered person is a fighter. A delivered person is not someone who scraps around in the forest floor looking for manna and quail. That's not a delivered person. You're not done yet. I know you get stuff from heaven, but it's not enough. It's not enough to have a few moments with God throughout the week. It's a habitation. It's a delivering. It's the place God's taken you. And until you're conquering and you're reigning and you've got a habitation with God, until you're at that place where you live like this, where you are your own master, where you don't have to live and bow down to the culture, you don't give into the surroundings of your atmosphere, you are truly now delivered. Just recently, I'm, I'm closing, just recently I... I was trying to continue my new life that God has given me in the last couple years through the pain, through the suffering. God has taken me to a place where so many internal things and mind shifts and perspectives have changed. And truly, I have gone through a process. And the other day, I, I, I broke down. I think I told my wife, I said, it's so hard to live like this. I've never done this before. I've never been at this level before. I've been released into the level, but it's still fresh to me. I know that God has gotten me out of where I was, and I know that I'm going somewhere new, but I've never walked with these legs. And sometimes you desire to go back because new is scary to people. But don't be afraid of new. Do not be afraid of new. Some of you are like, I just don't like new things. Yeah, well, when Facebook came out, the elders preached against it. Now they can't get off of it. That's the truth, y'all. 
I know, it's sad. I'm telling you, I cried about it too. All the elders were like, it's of the devil. And now they're on it 24-7. They ain't got nothing else to do. They're not allowed to watch TV, so they're on Facebook all day. We don't like new things. You give somebody a new car, it's like, I'll figure it out. <laughs> I'll figure it out. <laughs> give them a new house. I'll figure it out. I don't like new things. I don't like change. Yeah, you do. Everybody likes change. You just don't like bad change. Do not be afraid of new. It's a better life on the horizon. Get free and hang on because the disappointment won't last for long. The same God that got you out is the same God that will take you through. The same God that got you out is the same God that will take you through. And the faster and the quicker you trust Him, the quicker you can get through. And the only reason you ever have to stay disappointed is when you disobey Him. When he takes you to the edge of the promised land and you look at the giants and you say things like this in the face of a delivering God, how can we make it? Excuse me, how can you make it? He delivered you from the most powerful nation of the world. He set you free by his miraculous hand. He led you through on dry land, through a red sea. He got you through a wilderness season where he fed you every day with miracle bread from heaven and quail so thick that they were all over the camp floor telling me you don't think we're going to make it we're going to make it just fine we're going to be all right because as big as the deliverance is as big as the promise anybody ever have a big deliverance your promise will even be as big as the greatness of your god and how he got you out is the same power that will take you in He's the same deliverer. It's the same process. It just takes longer sometimes because we get disappointed. Because we want to step out of our bondage and step into our promise. But listen to me. Listen, this is key. God will take you through that short season of wilderness to prepare you for that promise. Because before he can trust you with your own stuff, you have to completely rely on Him. You've got to learn that you don't need anything but Him. And before God will ever bless you with buildings and houses, territories and lands, He has to see if you'll serve Him stripped down to nothing. And until you can worship Him in the wilderness, uh, you'll never find that place of peace and promise. Until you can learn to praise Him for your storm. Because it got you out. <laughs> because it got you out. Oh, we just want to go back. We had plenty of food in Egypt. Yeah, you had no problem eating in Egypt. You ate all the things you needed, but, but you had to pay a price for it. That was the most expensive food you ever ate. Because you were in bondage. That was their food you were eating. But where God wants to take you and take us this year is not just out, but in. What I don't want to do anymore is keep praying people out uh, and never praying somebody in. It takes a whole lot more power of God to get you out and in than just get people out. I'm tired of baptizing people just to get them out and never get them in. Who am I talking to today right now? You think you're going to be saved because you're out, but you're not in. You're lost in the world and you're lost in the wilderness. You're not saved until you're in the promise. There are two stages where you're lost. And you cannot perpetually walk in circles in your wilderness like they did for 40 years, disobeying God, not having faith in the face of the miraculous. You can be having miracles all around you and still not believe. Do not be disappointed. Do not be disappointed. Just finish the process. Finish what God has started. Let God finish the process of deliverance. Hey, listen, stop hiding behind the cigarettes you gave up and not the pride. Stop hiding behind how you changed your outfit, but you didn't change your spirit. Stop hiding behind things you don't think that you need to fix, but they're there. And it's the reason why you haven't made it in the promise yet. I'm telling you, God will not let you go in until everything's been stripped away and you're worshiping Him trusting him do not get disappointed in your deliverance because this is just a season someone says just a season 
I promise you, listen to me, I promise you, I prophesy over you right now, if you can endure the conversion process, the wilderness plan, you will walk into a promise one day and you'll be the most blessed person in all of the world. God will bless you and put his hand upon you, but you've got to submit to him and you will receive authority. You'll receive power. Stop fighting against this plan that God has. Do not just get out. Someone this year, get in. In 2022, get into the promise of God. Get into the word of God. Don't just get out of the world. Get into Christ. Get into Christ. Get into Christ. You look in the mirror, I don't see an Egyptian. But I also don't see a powerful Israelite either. I don't know who I am. Nothing is more suicidal than no identity. Nothing is more depressing or disappointing than someone who doesn't know where they belong. And that's why you only have one option when you get your legs back. Take up your bed and walk don't stand still don't lay down again don't go back to that life when he sets you free keep going keep walking press forward what you're looking for requires work it requires walk it requires going forward you'll never get there if you just settle down in your first moments of deliverance it's not the plan of God for you Lord told me to tell you today, everything's new. Everything's new. Forget what you know. I have had the hardest time trying to disciple people who think they know everything. If you knew everything, you wouldn't need so much help. Got your whole life a mess. Family broken down. You ain't got no money. You come up in here and I try to tell you something. The Holy Ghost tries to tell you something. The Word tries to tell you something. And you think you know it all. Let's be real today. When you walk up in God's process, you don't know anything. You need to own it today. I thought I knew everything. I thought I could figure it all out. I thought I'd be the best pastor. It'd be so easy. Surely I could just think my way through and figure it out. But now I realize I know nothing. Except he does not leave me and guide me. I have zero answers for a world that is crazy and falling apart. I just need the cloud by day and the fire by night to lead me because I cannot do this. And that's exactly what God wants from us is to confess we don't know what to do. What do you do when all you've done is built for the world and now you're not allowed to build anything? What do you do with all your life you've hammered and you've chiseled and you've built buildings for Egypt and God takes you to a woods and says, just trust me. We've got men and women, we've got people that, that you're so used to living in the world that you're scared of living for God. You're scared of new. You're scared of the prophetic. You're scared of the gifts of the Spirit. You're scared of the new things. Do not fear the new things. I know, you're, I know you're confused. I know you hate saying, I don't know what's going on. I know, but this is the test of the wilderness. If you don't provide, we die. If the bread doesn't fall, we're dead. If the quails don't come, we don't eat. Uh, listen, God waited three days to give them water because God wants to take you to a place uh, where you can't go back. How long can you go without water? Three days. You hear me in the Holy Ghost right now? Three days. God took them three days before he gave them water because at some point in this journey, there is no going back. And that's why some people, you don't make it in this process because they only want to go so far that they can get back. But the wilderness is all about detaching to where you're completely in his hand. And I know you don't like that feeling. I know you wish you could do it on your own. And I know you wish you could be God, but re resist the temptation. The whole part of this process is completely relying on Him. Completely relying on Him. It's where you feel like if He doesn't come through for me, I won't make it. And I've been there. Anybody else been there before? If you haven't been there before, then you're on the wrong pathway. But I'm telling you, if you ever get to the place where you say stuff like this, if you don't provide the water, I die. Other night, I had a, a horrible spiritual attack come upon me. It literally knocked me down. I fell, on, I fell on the bed. I had the most darkness 
come over me and thoughts come over me. I, I barely knew what to do. It was so strong. Immediately I had to, I had to shake myself. I felt like I was going to pass out. And I began to claim the name of Jesus, walk around the room and pray in the name of Jesus. And I began to speak word and scripture and fight. And if the Lord does not come through for me, if he doesn't bring water out of this wilderness and bring quail and bring bread, I can't make it. There's nobody that can help you in that moment. There's no book you can read and nobody you can call. It's just a place where you know that God has to come through or we die. But, you know, we won't get to the promise. You know why? Because we refuse to go three days without water. We only go far enough to make sure we can get back to Egypt if things get bad. I feel the power of God talking to somebody right now. You are not going to go to the place that God has for you if you keep staying so close, so close to your first experience with God. Get away from the Red Sea, ladies and gentlemen. I know it was powerful, but there's so much more than your conversion. There's so much more than that moment back in 1990 at youth camp. There's so much more for you. Get away from that world system. Strip it away and walk to God. And I know you're going to be hurting. And I know you're going to be afraid and scared. I know you're going to have that one hand looking back. And you're going to be thinking, but if I go this far, what happens if God does not provide? I'll die. I won't make it. I got you. But listen to me. There's so much promise on the other side. You've never lived until you've lived trusting in God. You know why this message is hard to receive? Because we're Americans. And we can't even grasp the concept of trusting in God for everything. And that's why I've got to push this home today. Because we're so spoiled. But we're deceived. We are, as the book of Revelation says, we are the church of Laodicea. We're rich and stuffed and full of goods, but yet we're naked, really. And we're, we're destitute and we're broken and we're deceived because we have everything that we don't need. And that's why... We're, we're having such a hard time with this pandemic. Y'all, people in Africa have the pandemic, uh, and they live in huts, uh, and we're sitting up in here at our homes, uh, and we got food and cans uh, and stuff to last, uh, and we're like, I don't know if we're going to make it. <laughs> Y'all, this is America. Are you serious? There are people that are committing suicide, and they've got food to go for months because they can't go see their friends. We're spoiled, and we need to confess it, bow down before God to start this year, make new commitments, and realize if we don't detach ourselves from the safety of the world, we will never walk into the power and the promise of God. Unplug it, turn it off, get rid of it so that we can experience the fullness of our deliverance. So that we can continue walking in the thing that God has begun. That's the plan of God. It came from my heart today. I don't have any notes. From my heart today, what the Lord has given to me for our church, for you. Finish what God has started this year. Don't just get out, but get in. You know, if you keep going back to things all the time, it's because you have not finished deliverance. If you had victory last month and now today you're depressed again, you need deliverance. But then you also need to continue in what God started. Because it doesn't do good for you to cry it out again if you're going to go back to that world again. It doesn't do good for me to lay hands on you and speak the name of Jesus. You can't deliver somebody that doesn't want to be free. That's why desire is required for deliverance. That's why God did not deliver the people until they cried out. And if you don't want to get out, don't worry, nothing's going to happen to you today. Pastor, I'm so scared somebody's going to come try to pray. No, don't worry. If you don't want out, we can't, get, we can't get you out. Lord, I thank you for your word. And I ask you right now, let your spirit just settle down in this place. I've opened my heart today in this place. And I believe that you're here, God, to finish the work. The word's gone forth. The seed has been planted. And right now, God, I believe in this year's going to be a year of deliverance. I believe there's people right now that are thinking, while well, I've been preaching, saying, you know what, Pastor, I, I want to be free. I've tried. But I don't, I don't know. It's not working. I know. I hear you. The Lord sent me here to encourage you today and tell you, do not be disappointed because there's more for you. There's more to go. There's further to go. In the name of Jesus, right now, you will be delivered. 
you will walk in the newness of life. Uh, this is going to be your year. This is going to be our year. In the name of Jesus, uh, we will not just get out and get out and get out, but this year we're going to get into it. Uh, we're going to dive into it. Uh, would you make a commitment right now? In the name of the Lord Jesus, uh, talk to him. Let's talk to him. In the name of Jesus, uh, I'm not just going to get out uh, and get out. Uh, I'm going to get in. Uh, I'm going to step. Uh, I'm going to walk. Uh, I'm going to unplug. Uh, I'm going to go deep into the place uh, where you can be all for me. You can be all for my life, God. I surrender today, God. I surrender today, God. I give my life to you, Jesus. I don't just want to be set free. I want to walk in freedom today. I don't just want to get new legs. I want to be living free of sin and walking in the newness of my life. I never want to go back. I never want the old things again. If that's your desire today, we've got a power in this place that can set you free and take you forward. We've got a God that will lead you through the storms of life and lead you to the next destination he's got for you. God is not just trying to get somebody out today. He's trying to take you somewhere. That's what God is trying to do. He wants you to rule as conquerors, as warriors. Would you hear me right now in this place? Let me speak something over every one of you right now. Your deliverance that got you out was God's fight. But before you can go in, it will be your fight. Because God did not let them fight Egypt to get out because there's no power that you have to get out. But God did require them to fight to get in. God required them to take up swords, take up praise, and take up worship. And so while you didn't have to do anything but just follow him to get out, you will have to fight to get in. God, let there be a fight rise up in somebody that says, I don't just want to sit here and be lazy. Let you take me out. I want to get a sword of the Spirit and get the whole armor of God so that I can go in with authority and I can take the giants of 2022. Here's how I want to close right now. If you need deliverance today, then I have a God that will take you out. And you don't even have to fight. You just have to believe. If you've already gotten out but you've not gotten in, in the name of Jesus Christ right now, you can go in. This is your year, but you're going to be willing to fight for yourself and not just sit back anymore because the God that got you out is going to change to make you actually have to fight to get in. You cry to get out, but you worship and praise to get in. You cry for deliverance, but now you're going to learn how to shout to get in. You cry to get out. You shout to get in. You hear me? Because they got to that place of Jericho. They didn't cry the walls down. They shouted the walls down. Your cry will let the Lord come send somebody to help you get out. But then your shout will vibrate the foundations of the enemy's camp to help you get in. If you're not out right now, you need to cry out to God, and He will deliver you out. If you're out but you're not in, then why don't you start to shout right now till the walls come down. Let's all stand to our feet right now. Let's pray. It's time to pray. If you want to come up here, you can pray. Take 10 minutes and pray. That's it. My wife and I are going to go to Houston to preach in a minute, but I want you to have some time of prayer. Let's have altar call right now. I'll let Brother Matthew, Brother Omar close a little bit. But right now, let's pray. If you feel comfortable, find somebody and join with them right now. If you need out, then right now, in Jesus' name, cry out to God. He will deliver you from Egypt. If you want to get in, then shout to God with a voice of triumph. He will take you in. That's it, that's it. Come on. I'm out, but I want in. I'm out, but I want in.